Hi everybody, I'm Ashley Bain, the Business Development Manager here at the Greater Oshawa Chamber of Commerce. And I'm Emma Kasha, the Communications and Marketing Coordinator at the Greater Oshawa Chamber of Commerce. And together we are Chamber Pod! Welcome everybody to another episode of Chamber Pod. As usual, me and Emma and our Zoom greet you again. <laughs> we are here today with a new guest, one of our members, Stanley Beckford of Stanley Beckford CNG Inc. Welcome, Stanley. Hi. How are you? Hey. I'm, I'm good. Welcome to the podcast. We're excited to have you. And I'm excited to be here. Yeah, virtually, of course, because that's all we can do right now. But we look forward to seeing you out in person, maybe <laughs> one day soon. Oh, absolutely. Perfect. Well, we'll dive, yeah, we'll dive right into it. For our listeners that aren't aware of your business or what you do, are you able to explain uh, Stanley Beckford CG a bit more to them? Certainly. Uh, Stanley Beckford CG is a biz consulting and project management firm. Um, we started it in 2018, uh, really to take advantage of skill sets that had been developed in the corporate world for over 25 years. Personally, I have a very strong interest just naturally in, in problem solving. And over my career, I've experienced a number of opportunities um, that were suboptimally realized because companies in the main, particularly when they're well established, don't always have the time, management skill sets, and resources available or required to, to really take full advantage of new opportunities in the marketplace. So there, there's been a recognition that there's a lot of opportunities usually in organizations for business process improvements. And if they had the right folks on board to just help them identify those opportunities and walk them through the process to actually realize them, um, performance would be much better. So when we looked at our, our business model back in 2016 and 17, before we settled in 2018, we realized that there are really three areas that we could really add value on. One is helping firms embed enterprise risk management um, into their organizations. That is both helping them set up the framework for ERM and training of staff. The second is operational improvements, you know, optimizing business processes that might have a few kinks that needed ironing out or helping business put in new processes that were more relevant to the current environment. And the third one um, is really helping firms identify the strategic path that is best for them uh, based on their levels of absorptive capacity and capabilities. So we do a lot of work around helping firms identify and develop um, strategic initiatives that really will help them realize their vision in the long term. All, yeah. in, an, all in a nutshell. So is it just uh, certain sizes of firms that you help or can it be anywhere from a small firm all the way up to multiple hundreds of employees? Absolutely. So firms 
the needs vary. Typically, smaller firms have two unique sets of challenges. One, when they're just starting out and getting established, the challenges usually revolve around identifying the right strategic path for growth, you know. And the other one is resources. They generally just don't have the resources required to, to fully realize opportunities. So we find a lot of opportunities for working with smaller firms in those two areas, trying to figure out the roadmap um, to where they want to go and helping them with resources to, to actually move, move the stones, um, move the needle. Larger firms, larger firms usually have well-embedded business processes and they, those business processes often have, over time, activities that, that may become redundant. So what a firm will do, might have done 10 years ago, to give them an advantage, may not be completely relevant in today's environment, but because it's become a part of how they operate, they still run those processes. Uh, what we, we found value in is helping those larger firms with well-established processes. We help them to really look at them in a very deliberate way and help them refine them to make them more relevant for the current environment. So to answer the question, yes, we find, we've, we find opportunities in both small, medium, and large firms, but they're usually concentrated in different areas. Okay. And as we all know, COVID-19 yeah. has affected all of business. So we just were wondering how your business has either pivoted or how the pandemic has affected your business. It's, it's affected us really in two ways. For existing for clients, existing clients um, it's, um, it's, it's restricted our ability, our ability to interface with them in the way that creates a value. So, as a consulting firm, our ability to get into our clients' operations and work with their team members to solve problems is essential. Doing it virtually does create opportunities for expanding, but it does not give you the kind of visibility or impact that you need uh, so what's happened uh, when COVID really started to restrict our ability to travel in March April of last year a number of our clients um, started pulling back on, on engagements and actually by the end of July our pipeline had actually dried up our business had just come to a halt because our customers our, our clients are trying to figure out how, how to even manage and keep their own staff um, engaged for a very difficult period. So it has been very tough for, for our business in terms of, of existing um, clientele. It's also seriously impacted our ability to, to network in the traditional way, you know, um, going out and talking to potential clients and, and seminars and, and, um, and forums and presentations at different workshops are usually a really good way to have to prospect for new clients. That's changed. That's all now virtual. Um, what has been encouraging actually since the end of 2020, coming into this year, is more and more uh, businesses have really, really taken advantage of the virtual space. Uh, so we now find an uptick in our opportunity in the in, in the ability of our business to actually 
introduce ourselves to prospective clients using the virtual platforms. So reach has improved, but I feel that impact is still suffering. Um, it's very, it's really very difficult to to substitute a virtual engagement for um, a face to face. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm fi- I my sense is um, if the pandemic does not change uh, course over the next six months, we'll become increasingly more comfortable engaging virtually, but I worry about the ability of, of actually converting virtual introductions into real, real business. So it, the verdict is still out, um, so we're watching really to see how, how it develops, but COVID has really impacted, impacted our operations. And we are hearing that a lot from our members that the virtual just isn't the same as in person, whether it's for networking or obtaining new clients or speaking with clients. It's definitely a hinder on a lot of businesses getting out there. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to pass you over to Emma. I know she has a few questions. We like to share it. So over to you, Emma. Well, you're doing so well. I know. Uh, Well, um, you know, I just have one more question regarding your your business in general. As a consultant dealing with multiple sizes of businesses, probably multiple avenues of businesses, it's not always just one type of business that you're dealing with. Is there something that's a common thread uh, that you found to be an issue among most businesses that maybe our members might be facing right now that you could maybe uh, give some tips or tricks uh, just for free right now? That's a good question. So, um, just business 101, all companies have three components to them. You know, um, they have a network of suppliers who they engage with. Um, they have their own business processes and teams that convert the inputs from suppliers into hopefully products and services that the third leg needs, which are the clients and customers. What we've been seeing um, is businesses that have been a little reluctant to really aggressively look at their business processes and team skills in this rapidly changing environment have lost some ability to create value for their customers. Um, So what, what COVID and actually not just COVID, but it's, it's a really good example because its impact is so broad. What it has outlined for us is the need for businesses to be ready to, to really look at what, is, what they've considered true for years. So just because it worked for you in the past, um, you, need to, you need to be able to step back from that and really ask yourself if it's still really the right approach for you now. And what I'm finding is firms that have been reluctant to, to look look really honestly at what they're doing and their relevance and and really let go where they need to let go um, is an issue. It, it really is an issue. So what I would encourage as a consultant um, and, uh, and someone who really the likes to see business processes perform the function that they're supposed to do, which is win and create value for customers, is what I encourage is flexibility. 
you know, in thinking, uh, a deliberate and determined approach to being um, constantly critical of your assumptions as you interface with customers in this new environment and a willingness to change. Um, I think that really, uh, those really are the, are the key things that I think all companies need to focus on now, you know. That's some good advice. I mean, I feel like we should do that in general as a person. (laughs) Those are uh, Stanley's golden rules. Yeah. Well, just to uh, pivot just briefly, because February is Black History Month, do you know um, about the history of how it came to be at all and and how maybe it's affected you in your personal life as well as your business? Well, history, no. So I can't say that I can point to any specific markers outside of what's generally known. I think the reality is a little different for me coming from um, a small Caribbean island. So I'm originally from Jamaica. Uh, So there's a a certain level of consciousness that I think um, my brothers and sisters who've grown up in the United States, for example, may have compared to, to my own experience. I mean, we have for a long time um, been exposed to the, the, this whole feeling of being second class, that sentiment has already has run for quite a while. Um, and when you're growing up and seeing it um, manifest itself, primarily in interactions with North American media, you get the real sense of the struggle and the impact that it that the slavery experience has had on us as a people. So, in my mind, um, there are some there are some markers. The impact of Martin Luther King um, in the late sixties and seventies. I mean, the the struggle in in South Africa and the this trend of Nelson Mandela, for example, and his impact on black consciousness. I think there are, there are just a whole host of markets and personalities over the years that have called on a, a heightened um, level of self-awareness for um, people of African descent. And I think Black History Month is, is a deliberate effort coming out of a lot of work of people, both brown and black and, and, and white, um, a lot of champions, to put a marker in the year um, that forces the need for pause and recognition of the struggle and also of the progress. You know, um, there, there has been a lot of advancements in, in the condition, but there is just so much more work to do. And it's interesting coming out of 2020 with what we saw with Black Lives Matter and um, the, the, that whole swell of, that whole movement over last year. It's brought into very clear focus, really, in my mind, the, the amount of um, work that has been done, but also the amount of work that needs to be done. I think Black History Month is a great mark of what has already been accomplished. Um, uh, but I think the, the swell of, of 
uh, outrage and then optimism coming out of the Black Lives Matter movement last year um, points us in a direction for, for future advancement, not just as um, the, a race of African descendants, but as, as humanity. I think one of the things that's come out of COVID is it's given all of us, it's given the world an opportunity to pause and reflect. And it's helped us to become really conscious of our common humanity. And I think if we continue along the path um, of deliberately working towards a better, a better state for all of us, I think um, the, the, the celebrations around Black History Month um, will continue but we'll get to the place where we, we celebrate all of us as, as one people, you know. Have you ever thought about being a motion, motivational speaker? Because I feel like you could do it. <laughs> That'll be a side job. That'll be a side job. Yes, I can do that. I'll, I'll make a note and I'll, I'll add it to my to-do list. Future career options. As a as a chamber, as an organization that supports businesses in general and people behind those businesses, how can we support you as a person of color, as a proud black business owner in the community? How is it that um, you would expect us to continue to supporting you and celebrating achievements in the workplace? The best, the best and most sustainable way to support um, businesses small small businesses run whether it's black owned or, or or otherwise is is to continue to create the space the opportunity for entrepreneurs of of different backgrounds to compete to compete on a, on a level playing field mm -hmm. i think the greatest thing um, is really access and i think once that access allows for decisions to be made to be made based on competence and the ability and the ability to create value and selections are made based on those criteria i think that's all that we can do that i think that that's what's needed and that's that's the direction i i really feel us going in i think more and more the there's a recognition of a need um for competence um honesty um hard work you know creativity and once we once we put the premium on those attributes i think it creates the environment that small black business owners need to really flourish well thank you so much for uh your candor for for your answers uh is there anything um about your business or or anything that we've touched on that you feel like you want to expand on do you have anything else you want to say that we didn't address no i think i think we've covered it okay. you know um as I said, the business is about is just a little over two years old now. Um, the experience in in business has been at about twenty five years. We've been very happy with the support we've been able to give the clients who've engaged us, and we've gotten positive referrals from all of them. I think the key for us now is to be able to continue to interact with potential new clients in the Durham offshore region and to to build our brand and I'm certain that that will continue to that will happen because we're really focused on that and the community has been very open so far so even this engagement with with you and the support from the Oshawa chamber 
um, is, is invaluable to small business owners like myself because it does give us the exposure we need. And I have found the environment in, in, um, in the region. Well, Canadians are very warm generally. You know, so I found the environment really, really open and, and willing to support once there is value on the table to, to be had. So my focus is on ensuring that we continue, we, we provide value and use the information and the networks in place to help us spread our ability to create it. And once we do that, I'm sure our business will do well. Well, we thank you for being a member. It's nice to converse with you, albeit uh, through Zoom, um, mm-hmm. with a couple technical hiccups. But nonetheless, <laughs> we're all still here. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, no problem. I'm usually it's me. I've I've got some dogs here that usually make some noise, or there's a, an Amazon delivery, or someone at the door, or something like that. So, you know, it's nice. It's not me for change. <laughs> Nothing uh, sums up the pandemic quite like dropping off a Zoom. So yeah, so we're used to it. <laughs> but until next time, I'm Ashley Bain. I'm Emma Kasha. And I'm Stanley Beckford. And, and this, this is, is Chamber Pod. Chamber Pod.